Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb. We're just grateful to have you guys back with us again today. Um, before we get started, I just wanna take a moment just to, to remind you, be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, the YouTubes, uh, wherever you um, connect with your content, please like and share um, everything that we have. It just continues just to help us to grow the reach that we have, the platform that we have here. And then hopefully um, you found us on your favorite podcast channel, whatever that is. Be sure to leave just phenomenal reviews on there, raving reviews about how wonderful we are. Um, and I mean, this really is the answer to anything. Um, that's absolutely right. That's going You'll on feel better your about yourself so, if you make us feel better about ourselves. Yeah, that, that's how this works. So we look forward to, to looking at all the phenomenal reviews that you give us. All three of them. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Actually, she gave me one star. <laughs> but, uh, um, and then, man, be sure to, to get a copy of the book, uh, Pursuing Freedom. Um, it's one that uh, Caleb had written. It's what we base um, a lot of the, the things that we do in our recovery program off of. It's what we run our in-depth studies off of. And if you go back and listen to the first several episodes, or the first 18 episodes, it's us going through that chapter by chapter and just kind of talking about why we approach recovery the way that we do. Um, but today, um, we've, we've pivoted some. Hopefully, you caught uh, last week's episode. We uh, we talked about some some myths. Um, Caleb's snickering at me because I just completely butchered that word, but whatever. I try not to, but man, that was bad, yeah, it was so bad. I couldn't even... I've not had enough coffee today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully you uh, were able to catch that. We were talking about just common myths in recovery. And so today we want to talk about the first 30 days. And so oftentimes when you hear the first 30 days, it's talking about hitting up, you know, 30 meetings, 30 days, that type of thing. Um, but first and foremost, we just want to remind you that anytime we're talking about recovery, it's not addiction specific. So we're talking about 30 days of recovery as you're facing whatever your stronghold, whatever your struggle is. And, and it may very well be addiction. Um, it could be trying to, to heal and grow in your marriage. It could be, you know, financial needs where you're just completely blowing everything you have on Amazon or in the casino or, or whatever that may be. Um, but again, when we're talking about these first 30 days, keep in mind that this is applicable to, to anything that's going on in your life that you're trying to overcome and to get past. Do you have anything as we open up today? Um, no, I mean, that was, I was gonna say we should celebrate that we're doing episode 20. I think like oh, man, most, pl most, most podcasts, you know, celebrate like episode 100, but I think yeah. we probably need to take victories where we can. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, that is one of the things we push in our program, you know, it's just right. to we'll celebrate smaller victories, <laughs> yes. celebrate what you can. So, um, we um, haven't given up yet. That's great. You know, in fact, to celebrate this, we'll take some five-star reviews. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you want to celebrate with us, send us five-star reviews. Um, no, you know, that's the thing we're going to be talking about. Just some suggestions to do in your first, like, 30 days. And so what um, a lot of times when we, we endeavor to change something about ourselves, right, the, the common one we always think about and we've talked about a number of times is, is the New Year's resolution, right? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change you know i'm going to stop um, stop smoking stop drinking eat healthy exercise more i'm going to do all these things and then you know within about a week we've stopped doing all that stuff because we don't really come into it with a plan or any sort of strategy on what to do plus we don't really set any you know if we do set a goal 
you know, it's like it's it's real ambiguous or it's way far out in the future. And so it's hard to stay motivated and um, to stay focused. And so what we want to do is kind of break down. Maybe you've made this decision. OK, I'm going to give up this this one stronghold. And, and I, I would recommend that you just try to change one, maybe two things at a time. I'm not saying that you just ignore everything else about your life. But if that's the problem with New Year's resolutions is when you try to do everything at the same time, you end up doing nothing because it's too much. It's over, it kind of overwhelms the system. It's too much change for your body and mind to handle. And so what we, we always, we kind of preach here is that we just work on maybe one or two struggles at a time. And, and then after we've, after we've kind of got a better handle on those things, then we can start tackling some of these, these other things. But by focusing just kind of on, you know, this first 30 days, that, that's a real, a real immediate time frame, right? So we can go, okay, I've just got to make it, to the end of the month you know that's just in and then and then not only that we can break that down into just four weeks right if I'm, you know starting on a monday all you got to do is do this one thing till sunday right i mean that's just just seven days that's not that's not asking too much of ourselves and so that's a it's a good way to start approaching something like this which is why we're like i said just looking at our first 30 days yeah well in the the 30 days is significant to this and one of the reasons you hear it so commonly talked about and why it's so important is uh you know common um, the common thought is it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And so if you're trying to, to break one habit or stronghold, um, the reality is you've kind of, I mean, you've got to replace it with something that's healthy. <laughs> you know, if you, you, you had a void there, which is why you probably began to do something that you're unhappy with in the first place. You're trying to fill some type of void in your life. And so you need to replace it with something that's healthy. And so that's going to be 21 days um, at minimum you know, um, to begin just to kind of shape and to remold your life. And so it is important, first off, to, to celebrate small victories. Caleb was talking about, you know, seven days. Let's take this seven days at a time. You're looking at 21 days, three weeks to really begin to get your feet under you. Um, and then, you know, by the end of the 30, if you've been consistent, you've got a good foundation for change moving forward. And and it's so important just to, to stay focused and to really buckle down, especially in the beginning, as you begin to change and to reshape and to remold your life and to get some, some healthy things going on so that you can pursue what, what God has for you and begin to step away from all of these negative things in your life. And so as we look at these first 30 days, in this episode, we're gonna run just through, again, some examples, some things that, that we feel like will help you on this road um, to recovery and, and help you to, to find success. And so the first one um, is mind-blowing. Um, it's, it's revolutionary. Um, you heard it first here. You heard it here first, <laughs> yeah. folks. Um, join a recovery group. <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. Find people <laughs> journey with you. Yeah. Now, we're a little biased. If you're in the area, we would love for you to join us mm -hmm. on a Monday night at 7 p.m. Um, invite your friends, your family, your coworkers, anybody that's in your circle to, to come and recover with you. But it is important that, that we begin to, to get out there and find like-minded people pursuing like-minded things because that helps us to succeed. You know, even if you're not in our area, you can join us live on Facebook um, Monday nights at 7 p.m. if you'd like to to do the whole virtual thing, which we, we, we are, we are international. Yeah, we, we have, are international. We have somebody from, was it Uganda? Uganda, that, yeah. They tune on on a somewhat regular basis. 
Um, but anyway, but no, I, you know, I, and I, and I, you can look at our notes. Actually, you can't, but just take my word for it that I did. I just wrote join a recovery group. I'm not saying you have to join ours, but join a recovery group. I don't. I mean, whatever you've got available to you, celebrate recovery, AA and A, whatever. You need to be around. You need to be around people that are doing that are going through the same kind of phase of life that you are. Not only that, you've got people in there who have probably overcome some addictions in the past, and and that gives you hope that there is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, and that's not a train. That's gonna, you know, that you can, you know, like I said, draw some inspiration from and say, okay, if they they can do it, I can do it. So joining a recovery group is absolutely um, essential. So one of the first things you need to do is is get online and start start finding one, right? Don't sit there and be like, well, I don't know where one's at, so I guess I can't do that. Like, no. The one thing we preach here all the time is taking action. So it's a simple action. You have to get off your butt on your computer or your phone or something, some device. If God wants me to join a group, somebody will knock on my door. That's right, I'll just pray about it and you know, yeah. God will send me that info. Yeah. With like a, a dove will descend from heaven with a, a parchment that says. But that's how I ended up at this church. So <laughs> it's right. a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're gonna have to do the work. You're gonna have to find yourself, and it's gonna be uncomfortable at first, and that's fine. Just go in, sneak in, sit at the back, that's what that's what recovery people do. We go sit in the back and and just take it in, and that's okay, you know. And then eventually, hopefully, somebody will be nice to you, and then you can start making some friends and some and getting some support. But you're it's going to take you getting up and doing something different if you want to change your life. And so this is you know yeah. the first I'm, thing. I'm you reminded can do. of a conversation we were having a few days ago, and you were talking about Ned Flanders' parents. Yeah, I've tried nothing, and I'm all out of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh. Is, is obvious as hopefully this sounds to you. Um, it really is uh, <laughs> a major roadblock in so many people's lives that they're like, you know, I need to change. I need to do something different. And then they won't even take that first step to, to begin to connect with people that are already where they're at. Um, whether it's, you know, recovery or, or even physical fitness, that's been something I'm endeavoring to, to be better at. And in order for me to, to take steps forward, I had to connect with people that have already achieved the things that I want to achieve because um, it, it helps. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you're doing in the beginning. You may have, think you do, <laughs> you, may, <laughs> you may have some ideas, um, but, but there's other people that have been there. There's no need to re reinvent the wheel. Um, whatever it is that, again, that you're trying to pursue, find, find those people um, that, that you can connect with, that you can grow with, that, that are gonna help support you moving forward. Yep. So the next thing we're gonna do, and actually I should have probably flip-flopped these, but I feel, I feel guilty now. Yeah, but anyway, the next thing you can do, which you could probably do first, Start to pray, right? Pray, <laughs> and I grouped all these things together. Pray, stay connected to God, and read your Bible, right? So, um, obviously, our program is Christian-based. We believe, I mean, it's foundational to our program is that we we highly, highly encourage that you, you know, find salvation through Jesus Christ because that's going to help, you know, solve a lot of these deep-seated deep problems that we have of, of not feeling worthless or not feeling like we have a purpose in our life or that we have value and that all that stuff comes from God. And so <clears throat> praying, praying for strength, praying for reassurance, praying for guidance, praying for wisdom from God. I mean, this is uh, obviously essential to, to our recovery. Um, staying connected to God, like I said, again, that's um, just having, you know, prayer, we think, we you know, we got to do some formal thing, but, you know, a lot of times prayer, it's just it's just this open communication line. I mean, it's almost a conversational thing with God. It's like, man, God, I'm struggling with this. I need help. I'm, you know, in the moment, just 
back and forth. I'm, you know, I'm constantly praying, God, please give me strength not to rear in this person and drive them off the road because they're driving slow in the left lane. Give me strength. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that's not what he wants me to pray for, but I, I need help in that area. So that's what I pray for. And um, among other things. And then I read my Bible, you know, because th that's where, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to learn about Jesus and you're going to learn about what, what the Bible says about how God views you, that you're his creation and that he, he made you for a reason and purpose and he sent Jesus to die for you so that we can be reconciled back to God. All those things are good. I mean, <laughs> and I can tell you that's a lot better than what you're going to see on the news or the media or the culture or that kind of stuff. And, and when you're in, in the throes of, of starting to make changes in your life and overcoming a struggle, you need to start filling yourself with a lot of positive, encouraging uh, messaging stuff that's going to build you up and not tear you down and you're not going to get that from culture no um hey, again i want to reiterate just like caleb did this is the center this is the center of everything that we do you know we're not under the impression that that our our program or any program changes lives um jesus christ changes lives that that when you place him at the center that's where true transformational change comes from and so if if it comes from a relationship with jesus you've got to you've got to have a relationship you've got to have that open communication which is prayer it's ongoing conversation with god where you talk to him um i don't i don't have to talk to my wife but it, it sure as heck makes that relationship um real <laughs> and functional and for the most part yeah. yeah for the most part uh you know it's it's essential and we see that in every facet of every relationship but i see so often people endeavoring to to pursue god and they don't even talk to him like there is no prayer there is no uh, there is no connection that, that and it's, it's at the center we've got to have that at the center and and through prayer one of the ways that god speaks to us is through his word and i've I don't know about you. I, I've never personally heard the audible voice of God. Have, have you? No. no, I mean, but does God speak to me? He does. And the primary way that God speaks to me is by bringing his word to the forefront of my mind. That is, I've, as I've endeavored to, to read my Bible, which is the word of God. And I mean, Paul tells us in Timothy that this is the word of God, that it's useful to teach us and correct us and, and to help us when we're wrong um, and to equip us for all, all kinds of good work. So if, if that's true, if that's God's word, um, when, when I'm struggling, that's what he brings to me that there's, there's scripture that's brought to the forefront of my mind, and it's, oh yeah, that, that's right. This is what God says. Not all this crap out here that the world's trying to convince me of, that the reality is this thing that I've read. Now, the problem is so many people endeavor to um, go through recovery, go through relationship with God, become Christians. They don't, they don't pray and they don't read their Bible. And then they wonder why it's all failing and doesn't work. It's like, oh, this Christianity stuff, it's just, yeah. it's, it's bull. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not working. Yeah. Have you ever opened that Bible? Like it's still yeah. wrapped in plastic. Yeah, um, still, <laughs> like, still evening out your couch yeah. under that leg over yeah. there or whatever. Um, that that cup holder there on your coffee table. Open that up and read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah. not a coaster. Yeah, I haven't tried living out any of these things, and it's not making a difference. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so confused. Uh, tried nothing, and I'm all out of ideas. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's this is foundational. 
This mm -hmm. is foundational, whatever your struggle is. And if you haven't made this a part of your first 30 days, you're probably not gonna make it a part of your next 60. I mean, it's it. this is where everything pivots. This is the beginning and the end of everything that we do, everything you should do. Um, and if it's not the beginning and the end of everything that you're doing, then then you've opened yourself up for massive failure. Um, and you've, you've gotta get back to this. This, yeah. this is core. This is core. So, so pray. It's an open conversation. There's no magical position. You don't have to. You don't have to get on your knees and close your eyes to pray. Um, you know that may be something you do at times, and, and that may be good and healthy for you. Um, you may need to, to go by yourself and, and and do that. But you know, there's times where you just need to have a conversation. And I know Caleb brought up driving. Terrible time to kneel and close your eyes. Yeah, I don't do that um, so while you're driving. But um, so I'm usually be, texting. I can't yeah. kneel, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but there's just moments that <laughs> that we just need to have a conversation, it's, and it's those moments are when we're struggling. Um, um, what is it? I, I think it's in Philippians, but it's uh, pray without ceasing, mm -hmm. um, and it's just that just tells us: does that mean that we constantly, again, heads bowed, eyes closed? No. no, pray without ceasing is just being constant communication with with the Father, constantly be pursuing his will his desire for your life and stay connected to god and again read your bible that's how he's going to speak to you that's what he's going to do yeah. um and well, i'm gonna have one more thing on that is that you know <clears throat> you were talking about how god you know we we haven't you don't hear the audible voice of god and that you know a lot of times you god speaks to you through your through the bible but i know in my life too that one of the ways that god speaks to me is that um you know i'm always you know when i come up to kind of a, a why a fork, not a why a fork in the road um, about, you know, kind of a life decision. Like, what am I going to do here? Which, you know, should I, should I take option A or option B, you know, career or education wise, or, you know, any of those things that I'm always in prayer about that. And that God, you know, without fail gives me this, you know, overwhelming, you know, sense of this is the direction I want you to go. And every time I've, I've followed that, it's, it's been the right thing for me. And, and I've, and I've done it, <clears throat> I've done it, tried it the other ways before, and I haven't followed that. And that hasn't worked out well for me. And, you know, this is something that, you know, we were just talking about as far as like getting into a recovery group, um, you know, getting into a church. I should have had that up there, too. You know, man, pray about that stuff and, and God will, will point you in that direction that he wants you to, to go. Like, you know, he has something for you in this particular group. So go to this particular group where he has, you know, somebody at this church that's going to speak into your life and help you get through these things. So go to that church. Seek, seek God's wisdom and guidance on on those decisions in your life about what should you, you know, God, where do I go? He's not going to make you do it. He's going to tell you, he's just going to point to the to the right door, but it's, it's up to you to walk through it. So that's, that's all I was going to add on that one. Is there, no, ready that, to go on the next thing? No, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> okay. um, I was completely disengaged the entire time you were that's talking right. right That's right. I didn't there, say so. anything important about you <laughs> at all. I was rearranging this I list know, here, so... Um, <laughs> So next, uh, again, mind-blowing thing here. Um, remove any of what you're struggling with from easy access. Remove anything that you're struggling with from easy access. And so we were joking about this uh, before we got started. <laughs> we, we joke about a lot of things we, we shouldn't about. joke about. But it's like uh, <laughs> it, the, the bag of crystal meth, like get, get it out of your house. Like yeah. if you're struggling with, with dope, that's a, that's a thing that, that you need to do. You need to get rid of it. Um, you know, if you're struggling with your spouse, Alcohol. get rid. No, don't no, get rid of your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> kids. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> get out of my house. Yeah. Um, um, no, but yeah, you know, but that's the thing. 
it sounds incredibly simple and it makes a lot of common sense that if you're especially in, in when it comes to a substance right you know drugs alcohol sweets that it makes sense that you wouldn't have it in your house and yet in you know however many nine eight nine ten years or whatever i've done a recovery ministry man how many people have i seen <laughs> relapse because they still had a bottle of just in case yeah wine or you know well i just had this one last six pack you know i was just i was just slowly i didn't want to throw it away because i don't want to waste my money so i was just i wasn't going to drink it all at the same time i was just going to drink one a day instead of the whole pack and then i just i couldn't stop after one so yes that's why you're in recovery because <laughs> you're <laughs> an addict <laughs> And this is so. No, there's no, there's no, there's no gray area here, you know. And it's for me. I mean, I, I, like I said, I've talked about it before. I struggle with food. I use food as a comfort to deal with my stress. And um, and I had to. It's like, I don't know why I keep, you know, chowing down a, like a whole bag of chips. I mean, I have a stressful day. I go in the pantry and it's there, and it's like, well, I just eat this whole thing. You know how I stopped doing that? I stopped buying chips. <laughs> I was like, then I go in the pantry and I look around. And I'm like, oh. There's nothing in here for me to eat. I guess I'll go find something else to do. Like, I, I know, it just blew my mind. Yeah. If they're not there, I can't use them. <laughs> so, you know, I don't do that now, yeah. uh, usually. Yeah. You know. Well, this is one of those things, too. I mean, even when we're talking about it, I mean, sometimes it's a physical thing that you need to remove. You know, I again, if you're struggling with math, like, you should probably get rid of all your math. Um, if it's food, you know, buy healthier food mm -hmm. um change your shopping list a little bit so that you don't have all of those things um i know on that like i used to literally buy the two pound bag of sour patch kids and then i gained 40 pounds and i'm just like well, what why can't i lose weight well i stopped buying two pound bags of sour patch kids even though it makes my heart sad um it makes my my body happy that, um so we need to get rid of that but on the flip side maybe it's a, a trigger you know um identify if, if this is where you're running into it you know when we talk about triggers in a previous episode um remove those maybe you can't physically remove um the issue but that maybe the thing that's leading to the issue you know i can't so if i'm if, so if i struggle with gambling i can't go into the casino and eat at those restaurants i'm just going to go eat at the restaurant in the casino i'm not going to gamble yeah well and i'm not going to spend any of my money just the free play they gave me yeah so, that's right um that yeah. way <laughs> i've got a couple of bucks on my my frequent flyer card or whatever they call it in the thing <laughs> I can't just go in there and use that. That's no, no, no. We got to begin to remove those, <laughs> those triggers, those moments. I mean, again, identify the things that lead to, to your struggle, to your area. I know for me, anger is a big one. Um, I can't just get rid of anger. Anger is an emotion that I carry with me. I can get rid of the situations though. Oftentimes that, that lead to that. I can grow in those areas and be better. Um, if I'm having issues with my spouse, first off, you're married back to getting rid of your spouse again. <laughs> god's called you together you cannot get rid of your spouse that's not a solution unless it falls into a very small category of of abuse or things like that mm. outside of that like if you guys just aren't getting along that's not reason for for getting rid of your yeah, spouse but, but marriage is hard yeah you can't just is, quit oh, yeah no you can't quit um <laughs> so begin to to identify well, what's going on what's led us here get rid of those things Yep. and then your marriage will get better yep. um learn to and, communicate better yeah. and go back to 
the, the other thing we talked about, pray, stay connected to God, read your Bible. It'll probably help you a lot in those areas too. Uh, but um, so remove any of what you're struggling with from easy access. Yeah. Begin to identify the, even if it's a situation, whatever it is, have some awareness. Um, again, that's a great word in recovery that's not talked about enough, but have awareness, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. You're not just being victimized at every corner, left and right. Everything's out to get you. Um, typically, you're victimizing yourself in a lot of ways when, once you're into your struggle. Something may have led to it. Um, that's probably something for angry email, I'm sure, right there. But Another part of, another part of this <coughs> is, is not only removing it from, you know, easy access for you, but don't s- stop having people over that bring, bring it with them, you know. Like, you've gotten rid of all your alcohol, but your buddy keeps bringing you a six-pack every time he comes over to the house. Like, stop that. Like, that's, <laughs> well, it's not mine. It's, you're still drinking it. Like, stop stop doing that like again quit making excuses for your behavior and own up to it and stop doing those things like that's it's just what it is like if you know this is what your struggle is you you shouldn't see it like don't put yourself in a position to see it anywhere like I mean now sometimes you can't you know and that and that's a different thing and we've talked about that in the past but especially in the first 30 days if this is something that you're struggling with don't have it in your house don't go places where it's at don't invite people that bring it over I mean, like, again, very common sense. It makes, you're like, oh, why are we talking about this? Because it happens. <laughs> because I've seen it happen. So, anyway. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it, and once you've just evaluated things, motivation's a big thing. We talk about that. You've got to be motivated towards change. Um, what, whatever it is, you know, rock bottom in life typically causes you to reevaluate things. Oh, I'm about to go to prison, maybe I should stop, um, you know, being a drug dealer. You know, that's obvious. Um, my marriage is, my wife wants to divorce, maybe I should work on my marriage. You know, obviously we need to, you know, be aware of those things before, but but at some point we need to, we need to motivate ourselves. Stop, stop holding, you know, the match and the gasoline and standing over a pile of ashes and decide I should change things. Yeah. The, the goal here is before, we burn it all down to be motivated for change. And that's one of the things that in our program we call finding our why. And so we need to we need to find the why. Why do I want to change? Hopefully, hopefully you get ahead of it again. Don't wait for the attorney to hand you papers to say, I should fix my marriage. Don't don't wait for the judge to sentence you um, in some form or fashion to say, I should stop doing drugs. Get ahead of it. Have awareness. Perceive the future. Where does this road lead? If I continue to be a, a butthole to my wife and, and treat her this way, where is this path going to take me? You know, if I continue to get high and drink and drive, where does this take me? Find your why and get ahead of it. So um, it's really important, again, we have this evaluation and we we look at, all right, if I keep doing this, this is where I'm going to end up in, in five years, ten years, maybe five months, maybe five weeks. Um, Maybe you're so dense you need to disevaluate the next five minutes. If I open my mouth right now, which sometimes I need to do as a public speaker, <laughs> uh, if, I, if I say this right. in, in five minutes, where is this gonna gonna lead? What type of situation is this gonna create? Um, is it good or bad? And, and our whys can be both um, both of that. You know, sometimes again, my why is a consequence. Um, sometimes my why is a reward. It's good in situations to have both. You know, if I continue to treat my wife poorly, it's going to end in, you know, divorce, the loss of my relationship. If I continue to treat my wife well, she's going to treat me well. She's going to, you know, we're going to have a healthy marriage and and we're going to love each other a long time. So, um, (laughs) that was one of those moments I should evaluate what I say. It's all right. (laughs) 
It's one of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> Caleb, you have anything? <laughs> yeah, let me save you. So we, um, so we, we did a whole episode on finding your why, and and so this is like if you were to look at an order of things to do, this would be one of the first things you would want to do: is sit down and go, okay, so why do I want to come up? You know, why do I want to get over my struggle? And so there's, um, <clears throat> I. I, I have a, a love-hate relationship with the word motivation. Like there's, I don't believe in motivation, like the term, like the way most people use it, you know, like, oh, I don't feel motivated to exercise. Like, I don't believe in that. There is no motivation for exercise or doing that kind of thing. Like you just have to do it. Um, if you wait to be motivated, well, you'll never do that kind of thing. But then there's kind of that long-term goal motivation where this is, you know, this is the thing I'm working towards. Um, or this is what I'm working away from and that's what our that's the kind of motivation that's associated with our why and so what that is and just a real quick summary of that but again I would encourage you to go back to it would probably be like episode three or so three or four <clears throat> is that you, you you start making out a list of all the all the bad things that would happen if you continue on your path right if I continue on this what does it cost me physically mentally spiritually relationally financially what it, what's the cost? You start adding up that cost, and then you look at the positive side of things. What's the positive if I give up this struggle? How am I going to benefit physically, spiritually, mentally, uh, financially, relationally? And you write all that stuff down, and you know you you look at all the things that you know your struggle is keeping you from achieving what you could achieve if you did give up your struggle. I mean, you you said, like I said, you you put a really big carrot in front of you and you put a really big stick behind you to, to move away from and that that becomes your why and then you need to summarize that on, on a piece of paper somewhere and you need to stick that all over the place you need to put it on your bathroom window so you're reading it when you're brushing your teeth you need to put it on your steering wheel you need to put it on you know your computer that at work you need to it just needs to be plastered everywhere because you got to know what you're working for and why you're why you're trying to overcome it because once you start especially in the in, in when it comes to chemical addiction once you start getting a little bit of the withdrawal symptoms as you know your body's trying to adjust to not having having that anymore um, it's going to get tough and you're going to have to know why you're why you're putting up with this stuff and, and that why has to be bigger than the than the uh, uncomfortableness that you're about to experience so um, coming up with a why is, is an important thing that you need to do and you need to do it quickly yeah um it is again it's essential to it and as we develop our why because we do need to constantly be motivated we need to constantly be pushed forward um, it's good with that to have a support team around you that are aware of first off your struggle the thing that you're trying to be uh, motivated to achieve and accomplish and what you're trying to get past um, but and i would encourage you to share your why with them so that they can constantly reinforce Hey, I see that you're about to step back into this. Um, remember <laughs> what, what we talked about and, and why you're doing this. They can help keep you in front of it. And so it's important, you know, at the beginning we talked about finding a recovery group. You know, that's a support group. But we need a support team that's, that's closer, that's more intimate, that, that journeys with us in significant ways. And, and they'll help us to, to navigate our why, to keep it in front of us. Um, sometimes they may be holding the stick that's beating you forward. Um, <laughs> we're dangling the carrot yeah. up front. Um, but those are people that, again, are going to help us to take healthy steps forward, help hold us accountable. Accountable. And so our support team, Caleb, you want to kind of yeah break that down for us? So typically, when we in, in the, the realm of recovery, when we talk about a support team, we're talking about a sponsor and accountability partners. And, and that's another episode we've done, um, and I couldn't tell you what which one that is. That's like probably five or six. You should probably just go back and listen to all of them. Yeah, just go listen to all of them. You'll find it. <laughs> 
And, and um, now, in the context of maybe our first 30 days, finding somebody to be our sponsor, because typically somebody who's our sponsor, somebody maybe we've built up a little bit of a relationship with. And so if you are just into making a change, that might be something a little bit more difficult. So so almost this this role would, would almost be more of kind of a lifeline. Like this is the person on the dock holding the life preserver in, in, you know, while you're flailing away in the water that throws it into you, right? They're not, you know, they're not gonna teach you how to swim in the moment. They're just, we're just gonna get you out of it. And, and this is somebody who maybe, like I said, somebody you can trust that you get a number from it. Maybe the leader of the recovery group that you go to that you kind of know, but you don't really know, but you're just like, hey man, I'm struggling with this. I just need somebody to be able to reach out to in case I get myself in a bad situation. And hopefully they're the kind of person to take you up on that. But, um, and that's just somebody that, you know, you're, you're about to walk into that bar and it's somebody you, you call them and you say, Hey, I'm about to walk in this bar. And they, they, you know, tell you, they remind you of your why, or they tell you, Hey man, this isn't the best thing to do. You're just, let's, let's talk. Let's talk about why you feel the need to do that and, you know, get you away from there. And it's just, like I said, in this case, it might just be somebody to, to, to fill that role in the immediate. And then as you, like I said, as you get involved with your recovery group, you start to build those relationships and you find somebody that you're going to connect with that as a sponsor will be better because sponsors, you know, there's different types and you respond differently to, to, to criticism. I'm more of a, a coach kind of type person where I, I, I'm, I'm more of a kick in the butt. I'm not a huggy feely. I want to hear all your, you know, emotions and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm going to tell you what's up. If you couldn't tell, like both of us are kind of that way. If you couldn't tell from our, you know, get off your butt and do something attitudes that we, <laughs> and our, our uh, you know, maybe the reason things keep going bad for you is because you do stupid things, yeah. you know? I mean, that's that's our personality and that sometimes doesn't resonate, you know, go, big surprise, it doesn't resonate with everybody. Stupid things happen to stupid people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, in the context of a sponsor, you need to find somebody who's going to, and this doesn't mean coddle you, but just different types of feedback responds you know you respond to different people respond to different feedback differently and so you know my approach isn't always going to be the best for everybody um, and that's okay and you may need something different so that that's like I said but that's you get to that point after you've built relationships with people um, and in this first 30 days you may not have had that time to do that and so the other thing you can do again is accountability partners and that's just somebody that you you know that's going to call you when you don't show up to that recovery group meeting, you know, and that's just, hey man, where were you at, right? Yeah. You just gotta know, or if you say, one of the things we do in our end up study is that, you know, if somebody, I ask people in my group, I say, hey, what are you gonna do this week to to work on yourself? You know, what, give me give me an action or something you're gonna do, and, then, and I, I let them know that, hey, next week, I'm gonna ask you, did you do this? And that's just accountability, you know, just knowing that somebody's gonna ask you if you don't show up or you didn't do what you said you were gonna do, that that knowing that will help you follow through on some of those actions yeah and um, i want to add to that i mean um spiritual leader like pastor um that needs to be a part of this early on you know it may take a while before you really plant it at a church but um as caleb mentioned you know we should have added <laughs> find a church you know with a joint recovery group and so find the the pastor of that begin to connect with them to begin to grow even in that area because again this 
faith is what all of this pivots off of. And so having somebody to kind of journey with you and to, to give you some substance, some things to work on and to grow spiritually, um, somebody to lead you um, in, in that aspect of it, because it, it is a twofold thing. It, both things pivot off of Christ, but we need to grow in learning to navigate just uh, the real aspects of recovery. And then there's, you know, the spiritual health of it. And so finding somebody that'll come alongside you and journey with you. Um, so accountability partner, mentors, sponsors, pastors, you know, people that, that are going to be healthy. They're going to be in your corner. They're going to um, help push you along, um, do all of these things with you. Um, notice how I didn't say for you. It's up to you to do them, um, but they're going to be there as you're putting in all the work to, to cheer you along and, and give you pointers and, and help you to continue to take that next right step towards recovery, that next right step away from your struggle, dangle the carrot or beat you with the stick, whatever you need to move forward. But it's important that we have a solid team around us. I know around here we say this frequently, but it's uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Well, recovery is not about going fast. It is about going far. It's about making a change that lasts a lifetime. And that's going to take people that, that are going with you. Again, if you want to go fast, go alone. And, and oftentimes, that's the mentality that, that led us to the places we're at, the deep, dark corner, and we're like, I'm here all alone. Yeah, because you were traveling alone in the first place. Um, but but find those people that'll really journey with you. And so find a solid support team. Um, and the flip side of this is limit negative relationships. Um, that means you may have to get rid of your ride or die homie um, yeah. <laughs> yeah we talked well we talked about that earlier as far as getting rid of stuff you know like get, if you're struggling with alcohol get it out of your house and or stop inviting the buddy you know tell the buddy that's coming over to stop bringing it and that's kind of the thing it's like okay if you if you're talking to your your quote-unquote friends and you say hey I'm, listen I'm, I'm in a place where I need to I need to stop doing this thing and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then they just keep like, well, we're just going to do, you know, we, we don't have to stop doing it. We're just going to do it around you. Yeah. You know, where they keep inviting you out into situations and where that behavior is expected or, you know, I, I mean, just any of those, like that you're going to have to start, start putting some, some limits on that, you know, because <clears throat> as much as we don't, you know, want to admit it, like even outside of, of school, like peer pressure still matters and it still gets to us <laughs> and we'll still be talked into doing things that we shouldn't be doing. And, um, you know, if, if people aren't willing to, we've said this before, if people aren't willing to, uh, support you in, in an endeavor that helps make you a better person, they're not your friend. Yeah. Right? You know how, you know, peer pressure still exists. TikTok. Oh, yeah. The, the whole platform built off of peer pressure. Oh gosh. Look at all those stupid videos out there yeah. that people do repeatedly. Adults and children. I mean, it's unreal. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Ugh. It's a repository of dumb. Anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, relationships is something we talk about uh, frequently here. You know, we're, we're part of a relational church. You know, we believe that healthy relationships matter. But again, the flip side of that is unhealthy relationships matter too. Mm. And we've got to begin to evaluate um, the people in our lives. And it is important, you know, if you're trying to get off substances, if, if those people are continuing um, to, to invite you in, into situations where that's, you know, going to be a reality, that's bad. Um, but you've got to go through your relationships with a finer tooth comb even than that um i know I, I bring this up a lot marriage is a big deal to both of us um it's one of those things that 
you know, we both feel people do not put enough effort into, that they, they fall into the same common mistakes often, and that's an area where relationships matter. You know, if you have people in your life that, that trash your spouse with you, you know, that's an area that they're gonna eventually cause a rift, help mm-hmm. you cause a rift in, in your relationship, and they may not be in, inviting you to go, you know, um, pursue an adulterous relationship or, or whatever, but just that joining that in, seed. Yeah. And, yep. you know, so we've got to be so aware of the people in our lives, no matter what um, we're trying to pursue and to overcome, you know, and it's great to have good relationships. It's really bad to have the wrong people in a place of influence in your life. Um, we were given a message uh, just not too long ago on a Monday night, and, and this is what we were talking about. And, and it's in our book, too. And when we uh, talk about relationships, it's, uh, you know, we become the average of the closest five people in our lives. And it was a study. Caleb probably knows who did the study. No, no he doesn't. He doesn't know. I just say that, you know, it sounds a lot more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it is the reality of it. And, you know, I've looked further into it. And, you know, when you have people that are really close to you, it's funny. You see couples that have been married a long time, and they actually begin to kind of look like each other. It's mm. crazy. Um, Just but, like your pets. Yeah. <laughs> but it's science, you know. Um, and... It's, it's just what happens. We begin to average out. And the study tells us that, you know, we begin to, to weigh about the same, make about the same. Um, but there's uh, other studies that have been done too where, you know, brainwave patterns begin to resemble each other. You spend too much time. And even the thought process underneath um, begins to, to resemble um, the people that you're around. And, mm-hmm. and that's just so incredible. And um, we, we just, we've got... We've got to be aware of that, that those people, that if you're trying to step away from something, if you're trying to change and they don't look like what you're pursuing, you're, you're, you're fighting with hands tied behind your back. Like you, you're limiting your ability to create real positive change and to adequately pursue what God has yeah. for you. Yeah, there's, there's billions of people on this planet you, you haven't found the only five people that are going to be your friends. You know? And I say that as a high-level introvert, like there's plenty of people out there to, to, to make relationships with. You know, Some of the best relationships I have, I've made in the past 10 years. You know, it's, it's, and, I mean, they come and go and we just act like you know, the people that we connected with in high school are the same people we're always going to, you know, we should, that's just our friend, that's our friend group. And we're, it's like, well, I, I would challenge you on that because hopefully you you're a little different than you were in high school like mentally yeah <laughs> mature you know your maturity level you know that kind of thing all that stuff should have developed and grown as you've grown as an adult and if it hasn't i'm gonna challenge you to i don't know i'd maybe. say nine out of ten people that are still hanging out with high school friends in their 20s and 30s shouldn't be yeah <laughs> yeah that should be the, the first group you evaluate yeah i mean you hold on to maybe one or two of those those people because they've grown and they've they've followed a similar path as you but if yeah if you're if, if you know if your 10-year high school reunion is like you just can't wait i don't know man <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I know when I showed up to mine, I was just like, Ugh, man, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, of course, we grew up in the same town, so yeah, that's, nobody that's wants underst- to go back there. No, it's understandable. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying is that, yeah, like, uh, you know, the the people that you just feel like, ah, they, no, this is my buddy, this is my friend, this is my my girl, this is my whatever. Um, n- no, they're not. You know, it's like you. You have to understand what, what you're trying to do and what's best for you 
And I mean, we're not, and I'm not saying you just totally write them off and, you know, defriend them and block them on Facebook and all that kind of thing. Uh, necessarily but you have to say like okay listen buddy I'm not you know we're not I'm not you know we can be friends I'll talk to you on the phone I'm not gonna come to the bar and hang out with you that's a hard that's a hard line I'm gonna put in a boundary that's gonna be there and until you've got things under control we're not we're not going that situation or we're gonna be very limited on the situations in which we engage with people that are like that and if they cannot get on board with that they're just not your friend right I mean I have never had a friend that's never wanted the best for me um, so, uh, if they don't want the best for you, they're not your friend. So quit lying to yourself. Um, I think we beat that one yeah. pretty good. So, so the next one is um, we're going to create some uh, weekly goals. So there's there's a lot of value in having short time frame goals, especially when you're first getting started. When you're really starting to push this this boulder uphill that's called recovery, you're going to want to have something very immediate to be focused on. And so that that is just okay. And it may even be a daily goal. It may be, all right, for today, my goal is I'm not going to, you know, smoke a cigarette today or, you know, I'm going to, I'm only going to smoke five cigarettes instead of a whole pack or, I mean, something like that. And because, like I said, this is where people with New Year's resolutions fail. It's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to eat healthy for a whole year, you know, and then you're like, man, a year's a long time. And then, you know, as, as the, the temptations increase, you're like, man, I really like that cake. And you're like, well, you know. I've been really this, good, I can have the yeah, whole cake. Yeah, December's a long ways away. But if you're just saying, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna eat healthy today. That's just from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, that's that's a much more manageable time period. And this, that your brain is a lot more likely to go, okay, we can do that. We can make it, you know. And, and that, in the immediate, like I said, when you're first initially starting to, to deal with your struggles here is that you may have to, to limit it to a day or, again, a week where you say, okay, my goal is to, to, to do this thing for a week, to decrease this for you know, the amount I use of whatever for a week or, I mean, obviously nothing's better, but, you know, I'm also a realist. So, you know, um, it may be my weekly goal is I'm going to identify and go to a recovery group this week. That is the one thing I'm going to focus on. This is what, you know, and that, that keeps you focused on really simple steps and it allows you to have a victory, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but, um, there's, like I said, there's a real value in having short-term weekly goals. Yeah, um, it is, and around here, you know, we, we put, point everything back to SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, relative, relevant, <laughs> time-bound. I just can't talk today. Um, so we need to... Sure can. <laughs> <laughs> Some would argue you can't talk any day. Right. No, nobody ever accuses Aaron of not being able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but depends on what it, the accusation is. Now, yeah. the length of time that I can spew hot air... Nobody... Yeah, nobody yeah. Nobody yeah, argues you're that. not going to be accused my, of my ability yeah to uh to make words sound not redneck and hick yeah that's... i speak words i speak words good <laughs> anyway go ahead anyway smart goals <laughs> yeah tell me about your smart goals Aaron. specific <laughs> measurable achievable relevant and time bound and so you know when we're talking about this first 30 days we're talking about a week at a time um so that that's your time bound but but make them something that that is specific um i'm i'm not going 
to eat junk food, you know, for today. That that's a specific, um, you know, rather than oh, I'm gonna eat healthy today. Well, what does that look like? I mean, there's there's vegetables on pizza, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, so make sure that that they are specific, that it's measurable, um, and and achievable and relevant to to your overall struggle. And so goals they help keep us motivated. Even though Caleb didn't like the word motivated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they do. I do. They, like, they give us a target. Like you know, a certain type of motivation. I'm, I'm a huge. Uh, I, I love guns. I love guns. Um, and you just gotta put on a watch list. Yeah, <laughs> I did probably. Um, I've probably already been on one. That's true. <laughs> but you know, w- with that, you know, you, you always have a target. You know, something that you're you're trying to shoot. Um, if you didn't, there, there's major issues there, right? <laughs> that that that's a problem. Um, well, our recovery is the same, the same way. We've got to have something that we're constantly headed towards, pointed mm-hmm. at, directed, um, because without that, um, it'd be like wildly firing a, a gun into the air or in, into just the, the randomness. It's it's dangerous. You, you're not going to achieve anything that you want to achieve. Um, but so we've got to be we've got to be directed. And goals is how we we stay focused. We keep moving forward. It's how we measure success. Um, it's 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 great if you're not a goal person and, and I wasn't always a goal person we encourage you especially in your first 30 days definitely beyond but especially in the first 30 keep some some goals in front of you um, to take this a day at a time a week at a time um, 30 days at a time yeah so that'll lead us to the next one which I hit on real briefly is that when you do those goals the next big thing to do is to celebrate those small victories and so and, and again the reason to do that is uh, it, it gives you it gives you motivation it gives you a feeling of success and, and then that feeling of success will snowball and it start to build off itself you start to say I can do this I can have success I can keep moving forward I can change things about my life now the one thing you don't do is go out and celebrate by doing the thing that you're struggling you know struggling with like if if you're struggling with junk food and you're trying to lose weight and that kind of thing like don't go buy yourself a big you know cookie cake and eat it all by yourself like yeah look at me I'm celebrating you know it's like he said I should celebrate so I'm gonna celebrate. no don't do that you know don't go to the bar with your buddies <laughs> to celebrate your I've been sober for a week so I'm gonna go drink some alcohol to celebrate <laughs> you know so um, yeah don't don't do that you know find a different way to celebrate you may just be you know patting yourself on the back and say yay look at me or sharing with your support team or your recovery group or any of those new relationships new supportive relationships that you have been making share with them say i've done this this week and and that's an improvement and they can celebrate with you and you can get some you know have a little bit of pride about yourself and and like i said feel a little bit of success and feel like that you're making some progress so don't don't uh, uh, diminish the value of small victories because this is what changes your life is small incremental change it's not a one you know it's not a I woke up and everything's good that doesn't happen I know there's stories every now and then of somebody who's like yeah I just you know I just gave it all up in one day and I've never needed it Th- those people are weird I mean good for them but they're not the the normal that's uh <laughs> so don't expect that that's like being poor and then be like well I just one day won the lottery and now financially my life is great most people don't experience financial success that way so we shouldn't view them as that's the path i want to take so uh yeah we've got to celebrate though it is uh again it's just a source of motivation nothing's too small to celebrate in recovery it is i don't care what whatever you can latch on to to say i did it today 
may latch onto it, whatever it is. You know, if it's, you know, you made it through a day without, you know, cussing at your wife or cussing at your husband, uh, that's that's a victory. If that's what needs to be a victory for you to de- that day. If you made it through a day without getting high, that's a victory. Mm-hmm. That's as big of a deal as being clean for 30 days, in my opinion. You know, it's that that's a that's a huge success. And so no matter how small you think it is, make it a big success because that's going to keep pushing you forward. And as we celebrate victories, as we set goals, um, it's important that we stay busy. Um, busyness is not a long-term solution. Um, eventually, you're just going to have to win to manage the boredom. <laughs> but, um, you know, in the beginning, you know, if you're, especially with substance abuse, it's important that we are um, staying busy. You know, there's that old saying, idle hands are the devil's playground. And when it comes to substance abuse and, you uh, and things like that, it's incredibly important that we don't allow ourselves to fall to boredom because typically that's when we default back into old behavior. Yeah, yeah. If you're just sitting around in your house, like just in a chair, just blankly staring at a wall, like I don't know what to do with myself, you know, you're gonna find something to do and that's not gonna be good because what you usually do wasn't good. And so I just think of (laughs) that classic film, Major Pain, (laughs) <laughs> where he gets discharged at the beginning of the movie and he's just sitting around in his in his house or his apartment and he ends up like he just his urge to kill is <laughs> because that's what he does and he ends up killing a rat and it's a classic movie you should look it up if you haven't it's a documentary it is yeah. it's, it's a great documentary <laughs> yeah. but um you know but that is the truth it's it's that if we don't find something to do with our time we're, we're going to find something negative to do with our time and so you're going to have to be proactive and you know and it may be just you know doing something to get yourself out of the house you know if it's if you're struggling with the chemical addiction it's a lot harder to do that chemical addiction if you're sitting in the middle of like you know Panera Bread having a, a bagel and just you know using their free Wi-Fi to keep yourself busy like you're not gonna you know shoot something up like right there so that's a good way to you know keep you from doing something you're not supposed to do with by you know hanging out with again connecting with your recovery group hanging out with some friends that you've some new supportive relationships that you have made go find something to do other than sit around by yourself or because what the other thing you'll do is you'll reach out to your old friends hey guys what are you doing oh we're all hanging out with joe at his place and having a few you want to come over yeah i'm bored i don't have anything else to do i but but i'm not going to drink you know, it's like, yeah, okay, see how well that works out for you. You know, so especially, again, in your first 30 days when that, that temptation is going to be really strong, just you're going to have to fill your time with something else. Go to the gym. Go work out. That's, that's get a good hobby. for you. Yeah, get a hobby that keeps you busy and keeps you away from the things that we don't need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, lastly, we want to try to avoid any substantial life changes um, <laughs> this and it sounds it sounds kind of off because at what sense you're making a substantial life change, right? You're you're saying I'm no longer gonna pursue this version of myself. You know, this has been this has been a huge roadblock for me. I'm gonna finally deal with my anger. I'm gonna finally deal with eating disorder, with gambling, with um, you know, this the elephant in the room is my marriage is a wreck, and I'm gonna deal with it. Those are all big things, substance abuse, whatever it is. Those are huge life changes. Well, as you're making a huge life change, you should probably limit all the other big life changes um, that are going on. And so, um, you know, you you don't necessarily want to up and quit your job unless that may be necessary for you to overcome right. what you're doing, you know. Um, but but if it's not, if it's if it doesn't impact it um, in a positive way, then then don't do that. Um, don't 
people do this all the time and it just blows my mind. I feel like we'll get hung up on this one for just a second. But I see people, it's like they, they step into recovery and like they're they're three weeks in and it's like, oh, this is, this is my new girlfriend, this is my new boyfriend. And uh, you know, we're super serious, super serious. We're gonna get married, love of my life. It's like, dude, you don't even know what's going on in life right now. No. Like, it's like, yeah, but you know, man, we're just, we're gonna help each other get healthy and, and do what's right. Are you? <laughs> yeah. No. So don't don't get involved romantically. Um, as you're They're trying struggling to... with recovery, and I'm struggling with recovery, so we have something to you know in common. Yeah, and that's I a great I, thing to. I don't care what it is. Yeah, I don't care about. what it is you're doing. Um, it's it's not a good thing if you're trying to if if your thing is you're just trying to like finally get a good solid relationship with Jesus. Go start a relationship with somebody else. I mean, stay focused. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just yeah. stay. Whatever it is you're doing. Never a good right. idea. Never a good idea um, <laughs> to to do that. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and and if you've if you've listened to all the other nineteen podcasts, I don't think they're episodes. I don't I don't think that we've had an episode, maybe one, where we haven't ventured into this territory because it is such a huge deal. But the thing is, and here's here's why. One of the main reasons why is that because if you want to have a successful romantic relationship, you know, you're gonna I'm gonna date with the intent of being married, right? Which is what we should be doing. You know, we shouldn't be, I'm going to date because I want to get hooked up with this chick. You no. know, I like the way she looks and, you know, want things to happen. That's not why we should be dating. Uh, at least as Christians, that's what we believe. At least some of us. Anyway, um, I digress. If you want to have a successful romantic relationship, you want to find somebody that you're going to get married to. And with the intention of spending your life with them, the thing that matters is that you guys value the same things that you have a similar uh, direction in life, meaning like if you're, you know, you're a driven person, you're somebody who wants to, to do something with your life and accomplish something, and you marry somebody who, who's like, uh, you know, I'm happy exactly where I am, like those kinds of things, that, that's going to cause a significant rift. But the, the thing that helps marriages, other than, you know, knowing how to communicate with each other and, um, and you know do conflict resolution is that you guys have similar values and you have similar purpose and that's why people who um don't have you know share the same faith they struggle to be married because their values are different when you're going through recovery like aaron said you don't know what you you think right now you know especially if you're not only new to recovery but maybe new to christianity and you're going through developing that faith in jesus christ uh, and understanding what that means and how you live your life and uh, uh, kind of base your life around that, you're, you're not going to understand what you value and what that means to you until you kind of come through it a little bit. And so in the same with the other person, and if you guys aren't matched up in that area before you get married, good luck you know, trying to alter somebody's values. Those are, those are foundational things inside of what makes us us, is our values, what we value. My wife and I value the same thing. We valued those things before we got married. You know how we knew that? Because we had conversations about it. You know, that was what we talked about. We didn't try to figure out if we were sexually compatible. We found out what are our values? What, what matters to us? What's most important to us? What do we, you know, what do we want to get out of life? What do we think about, you know, our faith. What do we think about our, you know, raising kids? I mean, th those things are what matter in long-term relationships. And unfortunately, that is not ever what comes up, for the most part, in a, you know, in a recovery-initiated relationship. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 
well, she's going to recovery. I'm in recovery. We're both struggling, so we thought we'd struggle together. No, don't don't do that. <laughs> but back to the the point of this one, um, on this to avoiding substantial life change is kind of what I talked about at the beginning. Is when everybody tries, you know, when they set those New Year resolutions and they they're I'm going to change everything about their life. Okay, so from just a purely physiological standpoint, your body your body's goal is to just maintain what we call homeostasis, which means you just to stay the same. Now, it doesn't matter if, if what quote unquote same is, if it's healthy for you, you know, if you're 200 pounds overweight and you know, you have high blood pressure and you're diabetic and even that's a, that's a really bad, you know, state to be in. You, you try to change that for the better, your body does not care. It's used to being that way. And once you start making changes, it's going to kind of fight back. And, and so anytime we start instituting a change in our life, our body's going to, to, to fight, kind of fight that change because it wants to just stay the same. And then if you, if you pile on changes on changes, then, then it's going to overwhelm, not only from, again, the physiology of it, but mentally, the stress of it is going to kind of overwhelm us. And, you know, one of the things that we have is, uh, some people don't understand is like, um, you know, well, I just, if you failed, it's because you don't have enough willpower. We'll, we'll, you know, you don't have enough willpower to see it through and just muscle through all the, all the stuff. It's like, well, actually, willpower is a finite resource that we only, we can only put up with so much. We can only endure so much. Um, like I said, physiologically. So this is why if you're going to do something like this, like change, you know, this, whatever your struggle is, we don't want to add things on top of that because you won't end up changing any of those things. You'll end up failing at all of it instead of if you focus on the one thing, um, which will be substantial by in and of itself. Um, if you just focus on that, then you can change that. And then we can, we can work on these other things. Yeah, um, so it is good. We just want to reiterate again: don't don't take on too much at one time. Um, focus. I love just again, Caleb's statement. It's it's finite. Your your ability to, to shift and to pivot. It, it's finite finite resources there. And uh, I know I I've had so many conversations with people. They're trying to like get high or quit getting high, quit drinking, and quit smoking cigarettes. And I'll look at some of them and I see them struggling. But like, don't worry about the cigarettes right now. Yeah, <laughs> just, no, it's it's just, true worry about that later you know what like the crystal meth that's a big deal smoking yeah. a big deal too but let's work on the things that are legal <laughs> first <laughs> and do do damage you know well they all do damage but yeah, yeah. i mean there's there's you, you prioritize that stuff you're like okay this one is the most consequential to my life both yeah. legally and physically <laughs> and uh yeah you, you take care of those things one at a time yeah um but uh, focus, uh, and that, that's a big part of this. I mean, it's just about staying focused on, on what you're doing um, because too many things can become a distraction. If you're changing too many things at once, you become distracted. Um, you lose sight of the, your target, and, and we need to make sure that that stays in front of us. Um, but uh, I think that's it for today. Um, and we are just grateful that you guys have continued to connect with us and, and to grow with us through this. Um, as we continue to move forward, one thing that we want to encourage you to do is reach out with, uh, to us if you have any ideas for future content, things that you would like us to hear about, um, or anything like that. And, uh, 
If you have any questions, concerns, you need any resources, reach out to us as well. You can do um, all of those things um, by calling the church office here at 918-283-2221. You can email us at info at cedarpoint.church. We would love to hear from you, to connect with you, to to help to grow you in any way possible. And again, if you have any suggestions um, for things that you would like us to to touch base with, we would love to hear from you um, on that as well. Be sure to check us out on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of our contents divided up on, into playlists on YouTube so you can find things easily that um, are specifically related to what you're going through, what you're struggling with um, um, in any step of the process moving forward. And then again, be sure to leave us just phenomenal reviews um, everywhere that you can so we continue to grow just the reach and the content here. Uh, but we love you guys. We're grateful for you and we'll catch you right back here next week.